I'm so sorry, Mac. Losing Connor like that? We didn't lose him, Joe. I killed him. He didn't give you a choice. I know. But that doesn't make it any easier. He's still dead. And I killed him. Are you sure about that? Took you long enough. Mythos? What are you talking about? Connor? What if I told you he wasn't dead after all? Rewatchers, Keith here. We have a very special bonus episode for you this week. Back in December, we were lucky enough to talk with the creators of Highlander Veritas, uh, which is a Highlander fan film available on YouTube and Facebook. We spoke to the creators Derek May and Daniel Shaw at the 30th anniversary LashCon convention in Florida. Uh, so we've actually had this in the in the bank for a while now, and uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the three of us were able to sit down and watch it. So first, you're going to hear an interview with the creators, Daniel and Derek, about how the project came to be and all the trials and challenges uh, that faced them when they were creating a stop-motion Highlander fan film. After the interview, join us for our short review. About a few weeks ago, after a very, very long recording session, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to hear our voices are a little hoarse. We sat down and watched the entire fan film. It is five episodes. Uh, they're about five minutes apiece. Um, and so we offer kind of our little review of it at the end. Thanks again for listening and enjoy this bonus episode. And make sure to check out Highlander Veritas. We are lucky to be here speaking now with the makers of the Veritas Highlander fan film. Can you please introduce yourself and tell uh, our listeners a little something about your project? Hi, my name is Derek May. I wrote and directed and uh, did uh, the voice of Duncan and Connor in the film. And uh, I, uh, Daniel Shaw, I uh, voiced Mythos, Castigear, and uh, Fitzcairn. So for those who don't know anything about the uh, the fan film at home or just learning about it from the first time through our podcast, can you tell us a, a little bit about how this project gets started and, and you know, what they can expect from the film? Sure. Well, um, just in broad strokes first, it's a 30-minute uh, um, total uh, stop-motion animation film done with 1-6 scale or 12-inch uh, figures. Uh, most of them, almost all of them, were custom made by me. <laughs> and uh, basically how it all started was um, I've been training in, in, uh, as a screenwriter for years. And I was working, writing scripts, uh, features in television and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but all on spec, you know, just... Uh, but I was... Uh, Working with like you know Austin Film Festival and a lot of places um, like that, but uh, wasn't quite breaking in the way I you know had hoped, and so I decided to just do a project for me, just something a purely love 
you know, project. And I'm a huge Highlander fan, have been since, you know, the beginning, even before the series. Um, series is my favorite, I gotta admit. I wanted to do something, a passion project. I wanted to write something. Web series were coming up or real big. I was trying to find a hook, you know, to go with. I had been doing custom figures. I'd kind of gotten into that as a hobby. And I, of course, I started making Highlander figures because, you know, that's what I wanted to see. That's what, you know, they, they stopped that uh, sideshow. It stopped the line. And I wanted a Mythos figure. I wanted, a, you know, as many figures as I could get. And so uh, I started making them. Essentially, long story short, uh, it was like, well, why can't I combine this? You know, uh, might as well. And Daniel here, my partner, uh, had already had a little bit of experience doing some stop-motion animation with, like, Transformers and stuff like that. And so he showed me a little bit of how it was done. I'd done shorts live-action, you know. I've done, uh, you know, written or directed or acted in some of those, but never had done stop-motion. And so uh, this was uh, kind of a daunting undertaking, and we wanted to make sure we could do it. So first things was to sit down and write the scripts, and it was written originally as a web series with about five to seven episodes, um, each about five minutes long. Once I felt that the scripts were, were in a good place, that, the, that it was a story worth taking the time to actually tell, because our main, our main focus with it was... As any Highlander fan knows, there's a bit of a fractured continuity. <laughs> and uh, so we said, well, what can we do to maybe kind of help with that? And I know, like, one of the main complaints of Endgame was that people killed Connor, you know, that they killed Connor. And so we were like, well, what if we could bring him back, you know? And so um, we thought about it, you know, through the using the mythology and that was already there. And if we could come up with a logical little way to bring him back and continue some of the story and tie up some of the continuity, then it would be worth. It would be a project worth doing. And so that's what we did. And so um, all in all, from the time of writing the scripts until we finally finished it was about a three-year journey. And uh, luckily, once we got it out, um, the fans kind of took to it. Uh, People have been real supportive. We've had, you know, almost unanimously positive feedback, which is rare and it was totally, you know, not to be expected. So um, I was literally girding myself for the worst, you know. (laughs) So uh, I was very happy that the fans responded and that they enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. I mean, undertaking any kind of stop motion project is very difficult. How is that different from approaching uh, more of a short film or a conventionally shot, shot movie? Well, you know, one of the nice things about stop motion, you know, It does have its challenges, but one of the nice things about it is that you can essentially put a scene on pause, you know, because whereas with actors, you leave a scene, you come back, what if something has changed, what if something's different, you know? You have some very, uh, you have definite continuity issues to work with there. With the stop motion, you can just leave the scene as it is, (laughs) shut it down, toys don't sleep. (laughs) and you can come right back to it again but as anyone who's ever tried it has found out you either develop a love relationship or you you hate it I'll I'll say too you know one of the big challenges was with actors you can sort of feel a scene out you know you you shoot it um, and you can sort of feel it out oh is this working is this not you don't know until you put it together you know with stop motion animation um you know, you trust the script, you trust that you've done your homework and, and that it'll all come together. You can't get a feel for how necessarily the, the you know, the actors, quote-unquote, you know, how they're interacting. With this project in particular, I, maybe because I don't know any better, but um, I shot it like as a film, as I would approach a film or a, or a TV show. 
the angles that we shot at, the coverage that we did, you know, three shots, two shots, singles, close-ups, and we shot it the way a film is shot, which is, you know, we'll, we basically kind of do one setup for whoever, you know, for whatever episodes that's for, for whatever, you know, character is in that scene or characters, and we shoot everything for that setup, and then we go on to the next setup, and so you may not shoot the other side of a conversation for six months. So again, you don't know how it's going to ultimately work and you just got to kind of trust your gut that when it's all edited together and works, you know. Um, and, and luckily I think it did. And, and, a, and a big part of that was, I think, you know, the voice actors, especially like Daniel and uh, Don Heimel, who did our Joe. Just amazing, amazing job. You yeah, know. It's, a, it's a good Joe voice. Yeah, yeah, we found that guy, um, luckily, through recommendation of a friend, and he was perfect, because that was really it, we, you know, like, I couldn't find anyone to do Duncan, so I ended up having to do him myself, and, and you know, I, I make no claims to being able to... <laughs> can, can we hear the Duncan McLeod voice? Can we, can we get a, can we get a, can the people get a taste? I don't know, you know, you know I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little exclusive insight here, you know how I did... I had to do that because he's got a very unique accent, not just the accent, but also it's it's a deep voice, but it's also got a little height lilt to it. It's not nasally, but it's got a little bit of that to it, and so it's very hard to even get close to it. So what I ultimately had to do was I got a clothespin and, like, closed my, you know, and so what I finally did, like, you know, that's a bad vo- version, but it was kind of like, you know, it's kind of like doing that, you know, and... and, and For the people at home... He pinched his nose. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. But, you know, like, luckily, um, you know, for all my shortcomings, uh, I had you know, Daniel and, uh, and Don to really bring it up because they, they killed it. I'm, I'm so happy with, like, his mythos and Don's Joe I, because if those didn't work, I thought the whole thing wouldn't really work. You know? It, it kind of came down to the wire for Joe, you know, because we were looking everywhere. You know, we, we posted up things. We could really use some help with this voice work, but... Just nothing. And then out of the blue, Don came along and it was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don actually is kind of a Joe. He sings the blues. He, he, he has a band, Sellers and Heimel, there in San Antonio. I'm going to give him a little plug. Um, and uh, he, he does. He sits there and he does, you know, blues and, and oldies and they do these songs. He's got a great singing voice. So it was funny because I was looking for who could do an, an old, you know, blues man's voice. And I found an old blues man. So, you know, it worked out perfect. So. Can the can the people be treated to the to a little mythos preview too? Well, we okay. So just anything. Okay. Can you say Highlander rewatched is the best? <laughs> oh, Keith, Keith, but Keith is only okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was my proudest moment, but Highlander rewatched is the best show on the internet. Keith's okay. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Peter Wigfield is actually just here. He just yeah. came here yeah, to say how great we are and to tease Keith. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's incredible! How did you sculpt these figures and costume them, and what's the the process for actually putting together such intricate figures? Well, you know what was funny is I tried to mimic them as close to whatever was on screen as possible, and some of that was what we call kit bashing, which is basically you try to find existing uh, materials out there that will work, you know, and so you take. A, a shirt from from this you know figure. You take the pants from this figure. You take this from that figure, and most of the time that that can kind of get you pretty far. But a lot of times there was just unique stuff. In those cases, uh, we had to actually do it from scratch. Get some people that could sew or could do you know things like that if possible. But um, like as far as the heads though, I had a guy in um, the UK actually 
who sculpted a lot of the heads. He did the Joe head. Um, basically, I just sent him photographs of Jim Burns as Joe and said, uh, make me, you know, a head. And this was actually before we even were going to do the series. I just wanted a Joe. And so uh, he sculpted that for me. He sculpted the Fitzcairn uh, the same way. And, uh, like, the Castagir actually was kind of funny because that severed head came with the Kurgan figure that Sideshow put out. So what I did was I made a, a, a mold of that, made a cast, and then, you know, paint, had it painted, drilled out and stuff, and then made the figure. I think what I'm proudest, though, of is the bar. Uh, that is 100% from scratch. The only thing that we bought of that were the bottles and like the glasses but everything on that set was hand uh, made in the shop and uh, it's kind of funny there, there's all these little details like you know there's a little light sconce there that you know matches there's even uh, if you look closely under the light sconce is an actual framed miniature version of a uh, health inspector's license that actually I, I, I found and downloaded it and actually put Joe's bar on it and then shrunk it down and made a little frame for it. And so little details like that. The door even swings open even though you did, we didn't do that in the film. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's fun. You know, you, you know, you do stuff like that and, and put it together. And it's nice to bring it to life when we actually do the, the series. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the series definitely looks like pretty great. Like, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like, all the detailed work. That was, I, I remember noticing the inspection sticker oh. up near the bar and I was like wow like nice um, do you want to maybe uh, just tease the plot a little bit for the uh, listeners out there you don't have to give the whole thing away because yeah. we want them to watch it of course uh, yeah, sure. but just kind of yeah. let them know a little bit of what's, what it's about basically Veritas you know which uh, you know Latin for truth there um, it's re the revelation of what happened with Connor in particular with Endgame but also sort of how deep Mythos has been sort of uh, manipulating events for years with the McLeods, um, going all the way back, to, you know, to uh, Connor's run-in with Kurgan in in the big, you know, '85 movie. And so, um, and again, I'm trying. I'm not. I'm not going to give too much away, you know. But uh, but that's what we tried to do. Was we tried to tie together some of those inconsistencies and um, continuity issues. And so we kind of used Mythos being the character, naturally, the schemer that he is, you know, who would be the one that could maybe kind of do these sort of things that, like, well, why didn't anybody know about this? Well, because it's Mythos, you know, and we all know how he goes. So. Awesome. What's the best way for people to find this film? The best way really would be to check out the Facebook page, um, you know, Facebook slash Veritas. Uh, that's where we're at. Um, it's on YouTube as well, so you can feel free to just search for Highlander Veritas on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, the Facebook page is where we, we do most of our interaction and, and stuff. And, um, you know, and if you like it and you want to see more, you know, let us know because... Uh, this was done originally, conceived as sort of a one-off, but um, we're, we're open to doing more. and We've got some ideas percolating right now and directions we can go and things we can do. And, and I've got a shelf full of other action figures ready to <laughs> make their cinematic debut. So, you know, you know I, I approach this the way I, I approach, you know, any script that I, I work on, which is make sure that you've got some reason for doing it. Make sure you get you know something to say. Make sure that you've got a story to tell that's worth telling, because otherwise you're just kind of spinning your wheels and you're just you know sh putting up flash. And to be honest, that's one of the things I'm most proud of with Veritas. It's uh, you know. Uh, the animation may be not the best you'll see online, and okay, maybe you know some of the voices weren't 100%. We couldn't get the actors or whatever, but 
I'm very proud personally of the story. You know, um, I think it, I think it works. I think it's fun. I think it uh, it fits in well with the the universe. And 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 fans have sort of uh, you know kind of taken hold of that. And that that's what I think makes me most proud. So before we jump into anything or announce anything, I want to make sure that we have something that's going to be quality. That's going to have that resonance, and um, you know that it, that it comes out in due course. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us and telling everyone about your project Veritas. Listeners at home should all immediately go onto Facebook, Facebook slash Veritas, look up this project, see these awesome figures. Yeah, we just got done viewing uh, this. Watching it, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's on YouTube for free. Just Google. Just Google. Just go on YouTube or Google or whatever. Highlander Veritas. Or find it on their Facebook page by searching the same words yeah check it out so this is like a stop motion animated series that's kind of bridging the gap between the movies and the series the movies the series and filling in some gaps in like endgame and kind of changing the continuity a little bit yeah uh yeah it was a lot of fun uh the set they made for joe's bar that is like a lot of work yeah Yeah, it was amazing it was really cool uh, and all the models look pretty fun. Uh, yeah. These are all like kind of custom models. One, there's a Joe, mm-hmm. there's a Mythos, mm-hmm. a Duncan, mm-hmm. uh, Connor, 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 a Castagir. And then the bar is populated by some other people. Who do we think we saw in there? There was Jackie Chan, <laughs> we think there was Agent we... Coulson from the Avengers, right? Uh, maybe Rocky, maybe Rocky, definitely Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it, that, I that one really does look like Christian Bale. Yeah, um, yeah. We couldn't tell. There was a girl there. We couldn't tell if she was. Buffy. I thought it might be Buffy. Yeah, Doctor Who. Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. And if we're wrong, let us know. But I'm pretty sure we're right. <laughs> yeah. <I think> so. <laughs> Man, if we're wrong, I don't want to be right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, a Highlander fan, definitely take the time to check it out. It's uh, like five five minute episodes. Yeah. And yeah. Two two minute flashbacks. Mm-hmm. If you're watching the playlist, don't make the mistake that we made. Of going in episode order because the flashbacks fall between the episodes. It would appear, yeah. Somehow, I think we ended up just seeing the episodes and not the flashbacks, and had to go back and watch the flashbacks, which are yeah. separate. And we were like really confused because we saw Castigar in the credits, and we were like, he never showed up, but he <laughs> and then does we show saw up. The flashbacks. We were like, ew, yeah. Boom. In Ooh. case you guys were wondering, the origins of Boom Boom. Check, Check out this out. the video. All your mysteries yeah. are going to be answered. Yes. And if you want to see '70s Duncan versus Black Dynamite, he looks good, man. Was it versus yeah. Black Dynamite? Or was Black Dynamite his ally? I. Don't know. We're not really, I'm not really <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> oh, Halle Berry, I think, was in that flashback. Yeah, she well. was. Yeah. yeah. Friends become enemies, enemies become friends. They're dynamite. Ha- they're having dynamite. <laughs> so, great job to the uh, Highlander Veritas crew for putting this together, and it was definitely a blast to check out. So, you should check it out too. Watch yeah. it for free on YouTube. It's well worth your time if you are a Highlander fan. Hey, Rewatchers, uh, what's about to follow is a little bit spoilerish. Uh, so if you're not into spoilers, uh, you should probably stop the podcast right now. Uh, and don't worry, I'll give you a couple minutes. I know you're probably, your iPod's in your pocket, you're scrambling to get, you know, your phone from its car mount, all that sort of stuff. Don't crash, it's okay. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, and if this is where you're leaving us, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week for the episode, The Cross of St. Anthony. So in short, what kind of happens here is that it's revealed early on by Mythos 
scoundrel that he is, mm-hmm. that uh, Connor might have played a little trick, a little tricky trick on Duncan and used some kind of immortal illusion power yeah. to make him believe that he had taken his, that Duncan had taken Connor's head and, and mm. when you in know, fact you, he had not. You know when you play those tricks and make someone else believe that they murdered you? <laughs> 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 Just one of those Connor pranks. Or I should say, <laughs> there we go. This is immortal punked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the kind of stuff that's going to be on Christopher Lambert's punk. Punk, that's right. <laughs> or Christopher Lam- no, it's Christopher Lambert's punk. Pick the, Christopher the Lambert, punk. yeah, the French punk. Le punk. <laughs> oh, my God. I liked his um, Christopher Lambert laugh. Yeah, oh, there and it, a, there's a great. <laughs> the voices the, were good. Yeah, the the voice, especially of Mythos. Is yeah. Like really, really great. Yeah. Mythos and Joe were both very solid. Yeah. Voices, and that actually makes up like a solid 60% of the talking. Yeah. Or those two characters. So yeah. That's great. Um, cool stuff. So, yes. yeah, thanks for joining us, and we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Interrogatories. What do we think it was? Interrogatory. Interrogatory. <laughs> that just involves extra syllables. <laughs> like you guys just inserted shit into it. Oh, that's uh, interrogatories, right? That, yeah. that sense. No, that's what happens when you like die, but like you're not ready to go to heaven or hell yet. <laughs> <laughs> you go to interrogatory.